0: If you need a laugh here on your behalf,
1: it's Batmates. Are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's Batmates. Lunch boom, crash capal, stream it down the holy cow. You can stop listening now to Batmates, because we're Batmates.
0: Hello and welcome to Batmates, a podcast that this week is actually about Batman. <laughs> My name is Becca, and this week we're going to clean your clock.
1: My name is Josh, and time is money. Come on, let's get on with it. Let's get into the episode. Uh, Let us do news first. Yeah. You ready for some news?
0: I'd love some news.
1: So since we talked last week, uh, since we recorded last week, the long Halloween Batman movie had a trailer dropped and got a release date announced. It
0: was so good. It was just part one, but I was so excited. And I just need to go back and watch it again, because I feel like there's so many things I missed. But it seems like it's going to be pretty faithful. There's a lot more Joker than I expected, but that's okay. They gotta get him in there.
1: Troy Baker's doing a decent job.
0: He's doing a fine job. It's just, he's not a huge part. The the coolest thing about Joker in Long Halloween is that he just keeps going around being like, who is this calendar, man? And what is, or who is this holiday killer? And why does he keep standing me up? (laughs) Why does he keep showing me up? I'm supposed to be the big bad guy and he keeps going to batman being like maybe i'm holiday and batman's like i know you're not holiday and he's like but i could be you don't know it's so good uh
1: so the release date is june 22nd mm-hmm. and that's for part one we still don't have a solid release date for part two mm-hmm. i assume when part one gets released they'll at least have it by then so we'll know how long we have to wait for part two
0: yeah how long do you remember how long we were between um death and return of superman
1: uh, usually it's somewhere. Like
0: six months or something. Yeah,
1: it's somewhere in the ballpark of like three to six months. Yeah, I want to say.
0: Do you think they'll release Long Halloween in theaters like they did with Death and Return?
1: Oh, like a limited run?
0: Yeah. I don't
1: know because the weird way that movie theaters are run right now.
0: Yeah. Hmm. If they do, I will see it.
1: Oh yeah, we'll go definitely go see that in person if yeah. it's available.
0: Mm. So good.
1: Uh, okay, the other news that I have here: uh, Black Adam. Just started filming. Did it? Yeah, it got announced that uh, they started production on Black Adam.
0: Fantastic.
1: So that's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Absolutely. Is going to be in that. And then the other piece of news that I have here, a last, like, real news story, is that there's a new series of comics that launches this week. It'll be out by the time this episode is posted, called The Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's a Batman-Scooby-Doo crossover. Fun. Comic. Uh, I think it's a monthly thing from what I saw. Um, I really like Batman-Scooby-Doo crossovers.
0: Yeah, you've seen the, the old episode of Scooby-Doo? Yeah, where they from, Batman.
1: What, is that from, like, the 70s, yeah. I guess? Yeah. I
0: just know there's a part in it where he's like, let's go back to the Bat Cave for bat milk and cookies. And Jackie <laughs> goes, bat milk?
1: <laughs> oh, bats are mammals. They must make milk, right?
0: <laughs> Disgusting.
1: Uh, and then the final piece of news that isn't really news is that Bruce Wayne's birthday is- uh this weekend.
0: Yeah, this Saturday. huh Happy birthday, Bruce.
1: Happy birthday, Bruce Yay, Wayne. You're we will so be old. sure to sing to you on the 17th. Yes. Mark your calendars, everybody. Mark your
0: calendars. Batman's birthday.
1: April 17th.
0: At 3 p.m. Go outside and sing happy birthday to Bruce. Just like to the sky. <laughs> Our voices will carry. Uh
1: send it to DC Comics. I don't know their email address. Send it to like DC Comics' fan mail address.
0: Yeah, hit him up on Facebook. I'm sure, I don't know, info at DC Comics probably gets you somewhere.
1: Somewhere, something like that. Yeah.
0: Or email us at uh, Batmates
1: Podcast, podcast at, at gmail. gmail.com.
0: Tell us <laughs> oh, happy birthday for Bruce Wayne.
1: <laughs> so anyway, that's the end of the news. All right. Okay.
0: Further ongoing news. Uh, Suicide Squad, still coming, still happening. Yeah, that movie August. is
1: going to release this year. <laughs> it
0: absolutely is. There was a second trailer uh, that came out just a couple days ago really not too many more clips than were in the first one yeah there wasn't
1: that much more new footage
0: yeah i heard a, a rumor that the reason it was released they released two trailers in one week was because the snyder cut was just like doing really well and getting all this positive praise that dc was trying to like get out in front of it and be like oh but, uh, suicide squad don't, like everything's changing but it's gonna be really good <laughs> you, you'll like it we promise it's, look uh, you like james gunn it's great it's gonna be great Uh, So that's why they've released so many. Um, But we saw a clip of Peter Capaldi as Thinker, the Thinker, in The Suicide Squad, which is going to be coming out in August. So this week's Squad Goals is all about the Thinker. So welcome to the latest edition of Squad Goals. (laughs) All right. So Thinker. He is a character who was created by uh gardner fox who is the creator of the flash
1: Mm -hmm. and he's a flash villain right he's a
0: flash villain yes uh the thinker is actually a moniker of four different villains throughout dc history however we're going to just focus on the first one which is clifford devoe since he's the one who peter capaldi's character in the suicide squad will be most based off of both his kind of original incarnation and then his incarnation throughout new 52 and like a little bit in rebirth as well Okay. Um, so he was created in 1943 by Gardner Fox, and his turn to crime began in 1913 when he was a district attorney in Keystone City. And this is actually back in the Golden Age. This is pre-Silver Age stuff. Uh, at the trial for a notorious mob boss, Clifford actually lost his case. when The defense put a young woman on the stand, and Clifford felt that he couldn't harshly question her without like getting negatively affecting the case from like the judge and the jury just like not enjoying the fact that he was harshly questioning this young woman. So he kind of went easy on her. And because of that, the mob boss got off and he lost his case, which led to him drinking heavily and realizing that if he played his cards right, and he was smart enough, crime could pay. So Clifford offered his services to this mob boss as a quote unquote, thinker. Who was someone who could prepare alibis and use his legal knowledge to keep mobsters out of jail? That's actually a
1: really cool supervillain like right? origin story. Is yeah. like I used to be a lawyer and now I'll use those powers for evil.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I'm super smart. It's not getting me anywhere in this world by following the rules. Let's see what else I can do. <laughs> I like that. I'm not going to be evil, I promise. Uh, So for decades, Clifford worked under the alias of the Thinker. um, And he eventually like took over from this mob boss, kind of created his own kind of crime syndicate thing. And he often clashed with Jay Garrick, who is the Golden Age Age Flash. Uh, And Thinker used various scientific devices, most notably his metal thinking cap, which could project mental force. Which kind of reminds me a little bit of like Zebra Man. I think it's kind of like that where he could like move objects and like manipulate things with his mind.
1: So like telekinesis then?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Okay. He can use his mind in a lot of different cool creative ways.
1: He can move stuff or he can only project force outward?
0: I think he can only project force outward.
1: Okay. Yeah. So like mental blasts, mind blasts, mind bullets.
0: Concussive mind blasts. Uh, So... Now we get into the confusing thing with DC and their various Earths. Um, The Thinker played a big role in the comic that introduced that there are two Earths, at least. There's actually a gajillion. Mm -hmm. There's infinite number of Earths. But I think at that point there was only two. So... DC had their golden age, and that went on for a while, and then they had their silver age, where a lot of things changed. And one of the things that changed in the silver age was that there was no longer Jay Garrick being the Flash. Instead, Barry Allen, a criminologist, uh, he's a forensic scientist, was this man who got struck by lightning at the same time that he was around a bunch of chemicals and getting these speed powers and he is a huge fan of what in his earth is a fictional comic book written by writer Gardner Fox about Jay Garrick the Flash.
1: It's so (laughs) odd that like a real life person is real in the fictional universe Mm -hmm. and that fictional universe is fictional in another fictional universe. Mm
0: -hmm. So there's uh, a comic book in the 60s, 1961, where Barry Allen as the Flash is just like entertaining some kids and he like vibrates his molecules too fast and he finds himself outside of an unfamiliar city and when he goes into that city he realizes that it's the keystone city of the comic book that he loves and that in he must have crossed parallel dimensions and he's now on a different earth where there's a different flash and he actually goes he like looks Jake Garrick up in the phone book it's super creepy and he's like hi I'm the biggest fan Um, so the two flashes in this comic work together to stop the thinker uh, because in this one he has joined the Injustice Society and he's had this decades-long plan to take over Keystone City. And so the two Flashes end up working together to take him down. They freeze the Thinker in suspended animation. And this actually explains how his criminal career is able to continue now into the modern age. They're just like, we froze him in suspended animation. So that's Mm -hmm. why... He still looks the same oh. a gajillion years later. Okay.
1: Um, does he then cross over into the mainline universe? Like he becomes a, a villain of Barry Allen or yeah. does. Oh, okay.
0: Not for, I mean, not really until like New 52, oh. but that's kind of their like explanation is like, and then there's a bunch of things with him and actually, okay. Okay. Yes. Cause there's a bunch of things with, in rebirth with him and Dr. Manhattan. Cause at first Dr. Manhattan rewrote history so that there was never an earth two. So the golden age never happened. So Jay Garrick and, um, Clifford DeVoe both got erased from time and then he set it back right. So then they did exist again. And that's really all I can tell you about that. That's as, that's as much as I know.
1: Watching you, you trying to remember that with your eyes clenched shut, like, the listeners don't get to see that. But it's so <laughs> great that you're doing... You're, like, you're having to mem- remember this, all of this insanely, this... like, asinine, uh, like... You
0: see, why do you do this to me? Why is Gardner sense. Fox's self-insert Mary Sue? Okay, wait, wait, because there's more, there's more. Okay. okay. So they freeze him into, into suspended animation, and then, um... Barry and Jay are like, hey, it's so nice to meet you. Like, I now that we know we can vibrate our molecules and visit each other's worlds, let's do that more often. Let's be friends. Mm-hmm. So they vow to like see each other from now now and again. And this is how DC explained that, like, yeah, things were really different in the Golden Age and the Silver Age, and here's why: it was a totally different world. But like, Barry Allen's really the only one who's really like super different. Like, Batman's still Batman. He just acts a little different. Yeah,
1: Batman is the same. Superman is basically the same. The only difference between Earth 1 and Earth 2 Superman is that like Superboy was Superman mm-hmm. in Earth 2 mm-hmm. in the Golden Age and in the Silver Age Superman like grew up in Smallville and uh didn't like reveal himself as a superhero until he moved to Metropolis.
0: Yeah. Superboy was in Metropolis in Earth 2.
1: In Earth Two, Superboy was no, he wasn't in Metropolis, but he, he was in Smallville. He was in Smallville, like yeah. as a superhero. Yeah,
0: I know that because I know that Lex was like a big fan of his as a kid. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> we covered that cute. in one of our other episodes yeah. in our uh, World, world's finest episode. Man,
0: comics are weird.
1: Comics are absolutely crazy. <laughs> it's and true what they say. DC's whole DC's whole like. Earths, different Earths, different continuities, doesn't make any sense. And the fact that like nowadays they're just like, and all the continuities work too. I know you're going
0: to be mad about that for months.
1: Uh, yeah. I Yeah. I can't fathom, like it has so many unintended consequences that like, oh yeah, everything happened. So there's an, again, like, I guess kind of like the infinite Earths are like, mm-hmm. there's an infinite number of possibilities of things that could have happened, mm-hmm. but it doesn't help you nail down like a specific history of a, of a character.
0: No. No. Because at the end of the day, it's, they're myths and legends, and how it happens is doesn't matter, and it's oral tradition.
1: Yeah, I, I guess like so. That. I guess so.
0: There's more. So Barry vibrates his molecules, gets back to Earth 1, yes. which came after Earth 2 for mm-hmm. some reason,
1: chronologically
0: yes. in our universe. And he he mentions that the comic books that he reads by Gardner Fox are like they the, his stories come to him in dreams and that's how he writes his comics which i think barry at some point is like oh maybe he also is like sort of disconnected from the from the time stream and or the <laughs> the speed force and he can maybe also see like pockets of this world and then he writes these comics i don't know but basically he looks up gardner fox then goes to his house and is like, hey. I have an idea for a Flash comic book. And he tells him this story that then became this comic. It's so meta.
1: Oh my goodness. I know. Wow, that is really meta.
0: It's really trippy. So, uh, the thinker began working with Task Task Force X. That's hard to say.
1: Task Force X?
0: Task Force X, (laughs) a.k.a. the Suicide Squad, when he was given the opportunity to to receive a full pardon. And he's actually seemingly killed on a mission by Weasel. However, it's revealed that he survives and he returns home to Keystone City. And this is kind of closer to the modern age when this is happening. Mm -hmm. Um, It is really... This last kind of thinker story is... Pretty sad. Because he it's revealed that his thinking cap drained him of his vitality. So he aged super, super quickly. Um, and it also is the possible cause of a terminal cancer that he's now developed. Oh, wow. So he's dying. Um, and in Keystone City, with not a lot of time left, uh, Thinker decides to go straight And becomes friends with Jay Garrick after all these years of them kind of warring. They become friends. Is this
1: like old man Jay Garrick?
0: I think so, yeah. Okay, okay. And then Jay offers to try and save Clifford's life by using the powers of the thinking cap. But Clifford declines, uh, wanting to pass naturally and rest peacefully. And he actually dies with Jay by his side with the words, Learn to lose every once in a while. A little humility prepares you for what lies ahead. Aww. And he dies with his best friend by his side.
1: That's neat. Yeah.
0: And then Jeff Johns comes around and ruins it. Thanks Jeff. So, Thinker's legacy continues today becoming <laughs> another victim of Jeff Johns. Johns created a character also named the Thinker who's an AI based on the consciousness of Clifford Defoe who recently died wanting to be a good person. But this AI, which is his consciousness, which didn't uh, want to be alive again is evil and fights Barry Allen. Oh, thanks, Jeff. So, I hate it.
1: So, is this version of the Thinker like an android? Yeah. Okay. He's an AI. So, wait, he's an AI. He's
0: an AI and like a looks like a robot body. It's an android. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. It's an a,
0: it's a, it's a robot shape like a human. He's, he's an a human.
1: Android. Okay. He's a human shape. Yes. He's not just like a, a mainframe computer that commits crimes. No. Okay. He's got legs. Got it.
0: Androids are just computers with legs. <laughs>
1: You heard it here first. You heard it
0: here first. Put that on our (laughs) t-shirt. Yeah, so that's Thinker. But we're not going to see the AI version in uh, the Suicide Squad. It's going to be Peter Capaldi. He's going to have stuff sticking out of his head. It's going to look cool. I think he's going to possibly have... The ability, probably telekinesis. He might be able to read minds. He's probably just super smart. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be exciting. I believe... Did you read the Flash um, Future State comics? I did. Because yeah. those had the Thinker in them, Well, they had briefly.
1: The, the Thinker's uh, cap in it. I think yeah. maybe they fought the Thinker, or was that Mirror Master? I think they
0: fought the Thinker in the beginning.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. And then he takes the, the Thinker's cap and uses it to help him defeat... Wally. <laughs> Wally, who has been... Uh, Uh, possessed by famine yeah the the like physical embodiment of the seven deadly sins. no
0: four horsemen of the apocalypse
1: oh okay sorry seven deadly sins is a different future state comic
0: oh okay i don't care (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the thinker he's still around um he was in the flash cw show in season four he was like one of the main villains
1: oh okay yeah okay
0: he shows up here and there yeah, He's a cool villain. I'm really excited. Peter Capaldi is well known to a lot of people as one of the most recent doctors in Doctor Who. I think he was the one right before the current one. Okay. Um, yeah, he's a great actor. Oh, so I'm,
1: I'm excited. I'm they excited. Have, I mean, they have a stacked cast for, really for the Suicide Squad They <laughs> really do. I, I am really pumped to see how well, like how they all come together and, and how their chemistry works. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's the thinker. Enjoy him while he lasts. Because he dies.
1: Yeah. Do we want to <laughs> move on to the Silver Age comic?
0: Yeah, let's do it up.
1: Okay. So this week's comic is about the clock.
0: Not the clock king. I know what you're thinking. Oh, they messed up on the title. This is about clock king. No, he's coming in maybe a later episode. Actually, no, he's not because he's, he's not. a green arrow villain. He
1: is a green arrow villain. The so clock never mind. The clock king is a green arrow villain. The clock is a Batman villain that only appears in this comic. <laughs>
0: Maybe you'll cover this later in Rogue Roundup, but yeah. why was Clock King in an episode of Batman the Animated Series then?
1: That's a good question. Uh, I don't actually have a good answer for that, but okay. I will mention his appearance in Batman the Animated Series. Okay.
0: All right, cool. So, The Clock, first appearing in Detective Comics 265. Uh, the writer of this comic was Bill Finger, the penciler was Sheldon Maldoff, the inker was Charles Paris. There's two editors, Murray Boltonoff and George Cashdan.
1: And this was released uh, March 1959. It certainly was. So we are a, li- a little earlier in the comic continuity than we have been. Yeah. We've been covering a lot of the like mid to late 60s. This is late 50s.
0: Mm-hmm. So we open on the cover with Robin snooping through Batman's diary uh-huh. and commenting on what a loser he is. Uh, Batman's covered in a net and he's saying, golly, what a mess Batman's got himself into before his career has even started. I also love that this diary that he's reading—it says Batman's diary and not Bruce's diary—and it looks like a hardbound published book.
1: It is, yeah, it is a it is a hardbound book that says Batman's diary As has a bat. has a bat symbol on it, and then on the spine also has a bat symbol and the word diary on it.
0: I love it. If anyone, I w- I would just want a scene where Bruce is like trying to like chat up a lady. He like brings her to the May- Wayne Manor, and he's like, "Hey, like check out my." Beautiful library, and then she's like, Oh, what's this? and picks it up and is like, Oh, you're Batman? <laughs> cool.
1: I think he keeps that one in the cave.
0: Okay, he better.
1: So, the, the subtitle of this comic is Batman's First Case. Mm-hmm. So this is Batman's first case.
0: Yeah, it only took them 265 issues (laughs) to get to that. (laughs) So we open in Gotham City Park where a new Batman clock statue is about to be unveiled.
1: The the comic calls this an quote-unquote important civic function.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Which is the unveiling of a big statue.
0: Yeah, why not?
1: How many large-scale Batman statues does the Golden slash Silver Age Gotham have?
0: I mean, it's gotta be dozens at this point.
1: We've seen a couple of comics where they've been making statues of batman to put in different places yeah why do they have so many batman statues he
0: saves people's lives and
1: he's the only one he's the
0: only only one keeping gotham from descending into (laughs) absolute chaos and sometimes he doesn't do a good job of it but he always gets back to it eventually
1: (laughs) yeah uh and also this statue is huge based on like Mm -hmm. the heights of the characters like i know batman is like six foot i don't know he's what six foot two or something
0: yeah this is maybe 50 feet tall
1: no it's not 50 feet 15 maybe 15 feet tall no
0: because he's standing on a platform
1: (gasps) oh you're right yeah it's
0: gigantic it's like 20 maybe 25 30 feet yeah
1: okay you're right yeah it's like 25 or 30 feet tall
0: let's get back to the important thing okay which is that when this is unveiled somebody has now defaced the clock with the words at exactly 3 p.m i the clock will climax my clock crimes by destroying Batman. And honestly, wording.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, word he wanted choice. to do what we do in all of our episode descriptions, have alliterations. He didn't want to say, like, come to the apex of my clock crime, climax my clock crimes. It's it's alliteration, You gotta you gotta do it.
0: When you talk about clocks, it's all about climaxing. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> So, before our heroes can laugh at the clock king's word choice, the clock explodes and collapses, uh, which the then-appearing villain explains is due to a released acid.
1: Uh, yeah, specifically time to win that was going to be unveiled, which is at noon. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, his outfit is quite interesting. It is. He's in a, like, skin-tight green suit. He's got a... Uh, b-
0: that is not green. That is yellow, and I need to let you know that. Okay. Because... I dig the purple and yellow costume. It's a contrasting color scheme. It's like a
1: yellow green. It
0: really pops. It's not. I, it's the same color as... What is this color up here with the wording?
1: Oh, okay. That is yellow.
0: Then that's green. Okay. At the trees. It's yellow. Listeners, it's yellow.
1: Okay, so fine. Yellow suit, cl- big clock in the center of the chest, uh, black ba- black like underwear pants things, and his the top of his head... Uh, he has like a what are those called? Like a skin tight hood thing. Yeah. And it on the top of his head it has what I guess is supposed to look like the end of a clock.
0: Yeah, it's like clock hand.
1: Yeah, the end of a clock hand and a big purple cake yeah. cape.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Purple and yellow. Very poppy. It also looks like when he was looking for a gimmick, he was kind of just like flipping through a dictionary for a random word and just settled on like the first noun that he saw.
1: No. Because we get to see later. (laughs) We
0: do. Okay, we'll say that. Why he
1: calls himself the clock.
0: Um, Here's the other thing I was wondering is if he had access to acid and knew where Batman and Robin would be, it seems weird that he wouldn't just destroy Batman here and now. Well,
1: maybe he thought... We well, need
0: to have a comic, so. That's
1: true, yeah. He yeah. needs to have some sort of scheme so that the comic can take place over multiple pages. I suppose. Uh, also, the <laughs> maybe he thought that the statue falling was going to hurt Batman a little bit or maybe. something.
0: I don't know uh so batman actually recognizes this man as he speeds away on a purple motorcycle Uh, iconic a
1: purple motorcycle that has a clock on the front where the where the uh headlight would be yeah
0: i love it it doesn't (laughs) do anything i want to see him trying to drive it at night and being like i can't see a thing (laughs) i
1: put a clock where the the light should be
0: (laughs) um so he recognizes him and we get a flashback all the way back to the moment where bruce couldn't save martha And for a second, I thought the clock was going to turn out to be Joe Chill. (laughs) I was like, oh crap, this man's Joe Chill after all this time?
1: We are going to cover Joe Chill in a future episode, listeners. Mm -hmm. But uh, for those not in the know, um, Joe Chill is the man who shot Bruce Wayne's parents. And
0: not the Joker.
1: Not Jack Napier, who it's, is. It's
0: important, okay.
1: In the eighty-nine film, can
0: I go off on a sidebar, or should I save that for a future episode? Uh,
1: you can save it. Listen, I know that you're upset that they made Jack Napier uh, kill Batman's parents in the eighty-nine movie. In earlier versions of the script, it didn't happen that way. Okay. but I think personally that it ties the movie better a no. little, like t- together better a little bit. Because it helps them stay low on the number of characters that the audience has to keep track of. I
0: guess. I just hate the whole like they created each other. It's like whatever. <laughs> it's stupid. Violence is random and unexplained and doesn't make any sense, and no one ever gets retribution. and I love that. Yeah, Anywho. I have there's gymnastics on this page, so I gotta get I gotta get going to it. Oh boy. <laughs> so uh, Batman goes on to remember how his parents' death, encouraged him to learn all about criminology and get his body in peak physical perfection and dedicate his life to warring on criminals while dressed as a bat to inspire fear.
1: Uh, I've got a lot to say about this. Okay, go um, ahead. So it's interesting, in this comic, uh, Thomas Wayne is the is an aggressor, um, which I don't think we see all the time in a Batman origin story, especially more in the modern age. Yeah. Um, in, in this, like, Golden Age slash Silver Age continuity, uh, Bruce Wayne's father is like you're not going to take my wife's pearls mm-hmm. like I'm going to hit you yeah. and and Joe Chill shoots him that way uh,
0: we don't see him make a fist he just says no you won't
1: uh, okay okay um in the comic that we're going to talk about a little later he oh, he,
0: he does make a he, he
1: makes well he makes a move at him
0: okay i always like in um i want to say it's batman begins the scene where they show his death
1: yeah. um and
0: thomas wayne is just like i don't even remember who that actor is but he just is like warm and lovely and he only has a couple of lines but he's you can just tell he seems like a really really nice guy cuz he just really plays, like, the doctor who's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, the city is, like, my family's city, and we have a little named Uphold, but, like, I'm just saving lives. I'm trying to make the world better, Bruce. And then in that scene when they get stood up in a crime alley, when they get stuck up in a crime alley, um, he's like, the guy's like, give me your wallet. And he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, here you go. And he's like, listen, like, I can help you. I'm here for you. He's, like, talking uh-huh. him down. Uh-huh. And then I don't even remember what it what it is that makes him finally shoot he gets, them, like, spooked or something? Yeah, it's, like, totally senseless. And he's like, yeah, Martha, give him the give him your pearls. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Everybody, we're going to be home soon. And it's just, like, uh, it makes the scene so sad. So
1: that that's your favorite, like, origin story portrayal?
0: <laughs> I think so, yeah. Okay. I didn't enjoy the way they did it in Batman v Superman with just, like, the very stylized uh, Zack Snyder-ness okay. of it. I did really enjoy it. Because also, I really... you got a couple scenes with... Uh, Martha and Thomas before their deaths, and I thought that was really impactful. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Yeah, Batman Begins. That's probably my favorite. Your
1: favorite version of it.
0: Yeah. Do they go back to it in uh, Appointment in Crime Alley? Do they show that
1: in in the television show? Yeah. In the animated series, I don't know if they do it in that episode. I know that they definitely do it in the Mask of the Phantasm movie. Mm-hmm. They show it again, and I really like that version of it. Yeah. I also like the way that the Arkham games portray it because oh yeah, a lot of get, it
0: we're on the the scarecrow serum.
1: Yeah, because I think. In those games, they don't show it like beginning to end. Mm -hmm. They show clips of it. It'll be like, you know, a a frame of it. And that's
0: what memory's like.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, you know, it's like, you know, they're there and then they're on the ground dead. And it's like, Bruce was 10 when he saw this happen. That's probably, Mm -hmm. you know, everything happens so quick in your mind that, like, you if you're trying to remember everything your mind might even fill in blanks wrong and yeah. stuff so that is like probably all he knows for sure that happened mm-hmm. um so i really like that that version of it i also wanted to ask you about and again we're going to cover joe chill in the future mm-hmm. but like do you like it when joe chill is senseless like you said or when it's like revealed later on that he's like part of a hit on the waynes
0: um that's a- because I am of two minds. I, I do... I wouldn't say I like it, but I think it makes the character stronger when it's something that's senseless and random. Because mm-hmm. I think that's more realistic that, you know, crimes are senseless and random and they don't make sense and you can't find meaning in anyone's death because life is chaos. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy it when it kind of... You get like a little crumb of like, oh, but was he working for somebody? And I really do like stories and I wish... I, I know... The Gotham TV show does this a little bit. I wish there was like a show that just sort of deep dived into like Bruce Wayne, boy detective. I really, (laughs) really love Bruce Wayne, boy detective. I love when he's like, oh, but like now I'm going to start like learning all about crime and trying to figure out like who killed my parents and why. Yeah. yeah. I really like that part of uh, the whole Court of Owls storyline. Yeah. The the Gotham television show
1: does really cover that. He
0: gets stuck in a warehouse for three days and almost dies of dehydration like a little bit. Or Bruce. <laughs> um, okay, do you have anything more you wanted to say? I did, I okay, did. Yeah, um,
1: so it's worth noting that even though this comic doesn't sh- mention it or show it, the Earth 1 and Earth 2 Bruce Wayne were raised by Philip Wayne, which is Thomas Wayne's, his father's brother. Um, and this isn't in the Earth 2 until a retcon in 86 in a Secret Origins comic, which we're going to cover because that comic retells the story that we're going over right now. Mm-hmm. And Philip's housekeeper in Earth One is uh, Miss Chilton, the mother of Joe Chill. Really? Yeah, she doesn't know that her son killed the Waynes until like later on, oh my and she's God. already like known Bruce Wayne as like a person that she's helping take care of. That is
0: so messed up, isn't it? Oh my it's God. wild. That that's wild. <laughs>
1: Okay, so go ahead. You can continue. All, right.
0: All I had to talk about was uh, Batman's form on parallel bars. <laughs> it's really sloppy. Um, his feet are apart, and there's an arch in his back when he's in a handstand position, and his head is up. That's, yeah, it's just not good. So very sloppy, uh, big deduction there. This is a main,
1: this is a training montage, so that might be the first time he's doing it.
0: It could be, I suppose, and also I thought about it, it could be like a swinging position, like he's going from a handstand to like a, like a flip, like a dismount. Mm -hmm. But even so, it's still pretty sloppy that his legs are apart. You gotta keep your, you gotta keep your feet together at all times in every single routine, except for, uh... What is that? Pommel horse. Uh, but even then, you got to keep your feet together most of the time. Anyway, I'm very excited for the Olympics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm very excited for the The Winter
0: Olympics. Cup is now on YouTube. You can watch it.
1: Okay, what's next? What happens next? So we, we do we do this montage, and yes. then we see uh, Bruce Wayne looking out the window.
0: No, I talked about that. That's when he's inspired to become a bat.
1: Yeah, the bat flies in. Yes, He says, I have to be the Batman.
0: We are then treated to Batman's very first encounter with a criminal after donning his costume. Mm-hmm. He caught a man stealing what looks to be a bag of tools from the Gotham Silverworks. When it all spills out, it's like, I don't know, like a wrench and like a screwdriver But I think, I don't know, the inker and the pencil are just like, ah, some silver stuff. Uh,
1: I also like the comic calls Batman a weird figure in this.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So... The man who is stealing gets knocked onto the factory sign, which is, of course, a giant silver spoon. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, The criminal says Batman's gotten the best of him and he gives up, but he can't seem to get up on his busted leg. So Batman offers to help and is given his first lesson, never trust a criminal. The foe sucker punches Batman right in the face, calls him a chump, and escapes on a conveniently recently tarred road.
1: Batman fell for the old, my leg is broken routine. (laughs) (laughs) That classic. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love it. Uh, so Batman inspects the perp's footsteps and realizes that he's got thallium on the soles of his shoes, which points him directly to Gotham Glassworks. And Batman is then immediately caught by a net by the criminal who knew Batman would follow him here. This <laughs> man's really smart. I kind of love him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, though. I think there's a continuity error here, or at least it looks like a continuity error. Um he, he gets captured by a net, Batman does, mm-hmm. and then the next panel suddenly like his hands are bound and he's still under the net.
0: Well, it says later left bound in the basement.
1: Oh, okay, okay. So
0: there was some time between those two panels. So
1: this this man, this criminal, lifted the net off of Batman, bound his hands together, and then put the net back on Batman.
0: Um, I honestly don't know how a <laughs> net keeps a fully grown person in place
1: it's for, weighted for on the edges I think I
0: guess so well like couldn't you okay yeah maybe nets are stronger than I think they are I mean I guess like fishing nets especially like industrial ones must yeah. be yeah can you just like take your hands and like tear it open no
1: no definitely not especially if it's a, it looks like he's in a warehouse or something especially if it's the type that they use in warehouses to like yeah. carry crates or whatever
0: maybe what we're not seeing is he had some sort of pulley system that he then got batman up in like the the, the bagged position and that's when he <laughs> tied his hands up maybe maybe there's a whole story in between these two battles
1: yeah yep uh
0: so in the basement uh the Mass man hunter is tied up and I guess left for dead, um, where he quickly escapes his ropes by rolling them in a pail of rouge, which has finely ground particles that are used to polish glass. His ropes come off, uh-huh. and then upstairs we get the most wild confrontation, where the criminal sees Batman, tries to shoot him, and ends up shooting a mirror. And Batman appears behind him and punches him upside the head before explaining that he put the mirror in the doorway so the criminal would see his reflection and get so distracted that he wouldn't know Batman was behind him. And I have so many questions. Okay,
1: first of all, before you say anything, I do like that he says, oh, you got away? You won't get away from my gun. (laughs) here's my gun <laughs> i do love that that line That's good. but you're right i think there's another continuity error here because the mirror the quote-unquote mirror reflection is has um the cape goes outside of the doorway it mm-hmm. looks like he's standing in on, the room in the room mm-hmm. uh which doesn't make any sense how would he, how would the criminal not see the the room reflected behind him. Yeah,
0: so, okay, how did he get that mirror into position without being noticed? Yes. Was it behind the closed door? Because then if so, how did he get the door open? And wouldn't the criminal have seen his own reflection since he's sitting right across from it? Is he a vampire? <laughs>
1: uh, also, the what is the criminal doing here? It looks like he's eating a sandwich. I know,
0: I thought that was a the sandwich. Then I was like, maybe it's a stapler. It's on a plate. It's got milk <laughs> and salt. So he's got salty milk and a nice little sandwich. It looks like a, a roll-up.
1: I don't know why. Like, he was just like, oh, yes, I tied up a, a strange man in a bat costume. Uh, after my crime and now it's time to go upstairs and eat a sandwich. I don't
0: know if you've ever committed a crime. It is hungry and thirsty work. It
1: takes takes a lot out of you. It
0: really does. It's stressful. (laughs) All right. Those are all the questions I have and those questions do remain unanswered.
1: Uh, They will get answered in the other comic.
0: I should have read that one. Yeah. I know you told me to and I did So, So
1: like I was saying I'm telling Becca right now is there's another comic that retells the same story and like fixes some of the continuity errors that I've pointed out.
0: I can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> so uh, Robin reveals that even though Batman just related this whole story to him, he actually already knows this story because he's been stooping through Bruce's private property and reading his diary. <laughs> and he reveals the man's name is Kyle and that Batman did later catch Joe Chill, which is good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Batman goes to talk to Kyle's old cellmate who reveals that he was a huge jerk who would make fun <laughs> of the other inmates for trying to improve their lives while they were incarcerated. <laughs> And well, he's,
1: he was making fun of them for trying to learn jobs. Yeah,
0: like learn a trade so they could make something of their lives which is and we- not, you know, end up back in prison, which most prisoners do.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's weird, though, because he's like, ah, you guys are learning trades. I'm just going to learn about clocks. That's a trade. Watchmakers yeah. and clockmakers are a thing. Yeah. <laughs> he could he could take up a clockmaking. Yeah. If he wanted to.
0: He'd be Like John Osterman, a.k.a. Dr. Manhattan. We then see Kyle in prison studying a clock manual and saying he's going to use clocks to get back at Batman. Why? Well, that's simple. Because Batman made him do time in prison. Commitment to the gimmick.
1: I was going to say, like, he based his entire gimmick on a bad pun.
0: It's so funny. About
1: serving jail time. I love it. He even looks
0: at a clock and he says it. (laughs) Batman made me do time. Uh, Batman then learns from the prison warden that the clock started his prison sentence at three PM, which is why he's going to kill Batman at three PM. Mm. So there you go. Mystery that we didn't really need solving, but there you go. He could have just been like, Yeah, it's when my lunch break is, so it's <laughs> kill you. Um so it is beautiful clock lair. The clock thinks that he was Batman's first case and he'll also be his last. I don't know how he knows that he was Batman's first case. Maybe it's just cause maybe that was how it was published in the newspapers they're like crazy flying bat catches this man who stole a bunch of silver
1: yeah again that is another thing that gets kind of covered in the story that i want to go over (laughs)
0: i really like clock king's uh like whole his lair yeah he's got cuckoo clocks he's got grandfather clocks it's cool
1: just clocks everywhere the man's
0: on time some of them aren't set right though A lot of them, yeah, almost none of them are set at the same time. A lot of them are at like, looks like 4.10. That one's at like 6 o'clock. That one is like 12.15, it looks like. This (laughs) one's like a completely different time of the day. Yeah, he's not doing a very good job with that.
1: Maybe some of them are broken and need fixing. Maybe. If only he would have studied clock making. If
0: only he had learned how to fix clocks instead of just use them as a gimmick. Uh... So, out in public, the clock has defaced another clock, this time on the Gotham Watch Company. And he left a clue about tiny clock crimes. I'll
1: show Batman who has a tiny clock.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say. It's not about having a tiny clock.
1: It's about it's, how it keeps time.
0: It's about how you use it to keep your time. So, uh, the inside the, the actual clock company... Mm-hmm. Inside Gotham Watch Company, the clock is taking a tour, lightly disguised as a reporter. He's really just got a hat and an overcoat on, but he isn't hiding his face. He maybe has Uh, a fake mustache.
1: The late 50s, where you could... uh, That
0: could just be a shadow, though.
1: Just wear a a hat and an overcoat, and people would believe that you were a reporter.
0: Mm Uh and he learns that acid ruins watch parts by making them rust too soon. Mm-hmm. And like a little stinker, he then throws a handful of acidic orange peels all over the watchmaker's stations.
1: Yeah, he, knew, he must have known ahead of time. Yeah. Because he has those orange peels. That's exactly. what he learned in jail.
0: That's what he learned in jail. Yeah. It's weird that he didn't just use the acid that he had back at the park.
1: Do you think that was made of oranges?
0: I mean, it's an acid.
1: No, it must have been a more caustic acid than oranges to be able to...
0: That's still going to do damage. It's still going to be distracting. If you pour acid all over people's hands, that's going to be very distracting and you're going to be able to do your crime.
1: Oranges are cheaper.
0: It's strange to me that he's like, yeah, well, how about these orange peels? And everyone's like, ah! And then this he can, to, like, steal stuff.
1: I want to say this is another thing that the comic book writers put in to, like, teach people a lesson. Like, this is one of those things that's like, and remember, kids, oranges are acidic. Like, one of those kind of things. <laughs> remember,
0: kids, if your dad's fixing a watch, don't go and peel an orange next to him because he'll get really P.O.ed.
1: <laughs> yes, yes.
0: <laughs> uh, so while the workers are distracted, the clock throws off his disguise for some reason. Don't know why. He Could have just... Kept it on.
1: But he's got to stay to the gimmick, you know? I suppose Make a name for himself.
0: And he makes off with a big bag of tiny watch screws, which we later learn are worth $100 an ounce. And you know us. Of course I did the inflation calculation. Oh, I did too. Okay, well, let's compare. Um, So I estimated that he made off with maybe a 10 pound bag of screws oh that's sixteen thousand dollars in 1959 which today is a little over one hundred and forty-four thousand dollars. so not a bad heist yeah, i
1: did what did you do i did it by the ounce so if if it's a hundred dollars an ounce that's nine hundred dollars per ounce
0: mm-hmm. you don't actually you're thinking of continuity errors you don't see him with his bag in any other panels
1: <laughs> once, <laughs> oh, he, really? once he
0: escapes it doesn't seem like he has it anymore but he probably does
1: It says he made off with pounds, so how many ounces are in a pound? 16. Okay. Yeah. So if he made off with more than one, that's at least 32, because it's multiple pounds. Yeah. Right? So at least 32 ounces times 900, we'll round it up to 1,000. Yeah, like 3,000 bucks at least.
0: I said 144, because I thought that's at least a 10-pound bag. Oh. Yeah. I think you can carry 10 pounds of screws easy. Good deal. Good deal. Do it. Steal stuff. No. It's great. Don't do that. So even though he left a pretty obvious clue right on the building that he was currently robbing, the clock still seems a little surprised when the dynamic duo show up and his watch falls right off of his wrist. He then crashes through a window and lands on some painter's scaffolding and the boys give chase.
1: When they land on the scaffolding, Batman says, work time for me, I'm going to punch the clock.
0: Good puns. Yeah. We do love when Batman says puns.
1: This, this whole comic is full, like, shock. Full
0: of clock puns yes uh the foe then heaves a bucket of something directly at robin and makes his escape and back inside the factory foreman explains how valuable the screws are and batman finds the clock's watch and back at the Batcave, cave he discovers it's got flour dust on it uh-huh. and the two decide to head to the flour mill outside town Because that's the only place that he could possibly be
1: yeah no other place has lots of flour
0: not like a bakery. Or anything like that. Yeah,
1: could have worked in a supermarket or yeah. something.
0: So the clock proves to be a smarter than average villain because it's revealed that this whole day has been an elaborate trap meant to lead Batman to this location at this exact time so that he can meet his doom. Uh, Batman is knocked out and wakes up tied to a clock.
1: Oh, Batman is knocked out by two very large uh, flower yes. things that kind of look like pillows.
0: That's what those are? I kind of thought they were pillows. No, like, no, no. They're throwing. They're
1: packages of flour, which it looks like the clock is throwing these at the same time. He must have been hit in the gym in, yeah. in jail. Yeah. Because that is a lot of weight to be able to throw.
0: Mm-hmm. 40 pounds of flour. Yeah. Knocks you right out.
1: And yeah, so he knocks him out, ties him up. And then what happens?
0: Batman wakes up tied to a clock that will explode and kill him in five minutes. And Robin is tied up helplessly nearby. As the clock makes another escape, Batman reveals that he still has the clock's watch. He then breaks the glass face on a nearby wall and uses a small piece of glass to free himself. Meanwhile, the clock sees this explosion from the car and thinks his troubles are over. He can continue committing clock crimes for the rest of his life. (laughs) And at the Gotham City Clock Fair, which of course is happening this week...
1: I was going to say, you would think that with a guy, like a criminal on the loose that calls himself the clock... That Gotham would call off the clock fair.
0: No, the clock fair has to start exactly on time. We of course do know that.
1: It's it's such a it's a pillar of the community, and no one can go a year without a Gotham mm-hmm. clock fair. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think that uh, Clock the Clock planned his comeback? Around the Gotham City Clock Fair, or is it a coincidence?
1: It seems like he went back to crime, like, as soon as he got released from prison. Yeah. I seem. It seems to me that he just got released, and it maybe just so happened that the Clock Fair happened at the same time. I
0: think so. Uh, the crowd is gla- gathered around a giant pocket watch, which has gigantic real jewel movements. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to b- victim blame, but I hate Gotham City. <laughs> <laughs> The decadence is really too much sometimes.
1: With just giant versions of everything. Yeah. Giant statues of Batman, giant spoons <laughs> on signs.
0: It's, it's just the really expensive stuff. They're like, hey, let's all get in a room and gather around this gigantic pocket watch with gigantic real jewel movements inside of it. <laughs> uh, so the clock steals another person's gimmick by...
1: I was going to say, yeah, he rides yeah, a cuckoo
0: Appearing astride a bird from a giant cuckoo clock.
1: Who and was it that did this before? It was... I mean,
0: Penguin escaped on an ostrich.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, there is, was another villain who rode a cuckoo clock, wasn't there?
1: Yeah. Give me a second to go back through my notes. It was um, Signal Man. Although it wasn't Signal Man who jumped out of the clock. It was Batman who jumped out of the clock yes. to surprise Signal Man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cuckoo clocks are uh, surprisingly easy to ride as long as they're big enough. How do you get inside of one?
1: It's a giant cuckoo clock.
0: There must be a door, I guess? Yeah,
1: it's like a real-sized door that holds a... Again, this is like the giant watch. There's a giant cuckoo clock with a bird that is large enough for a man to ride it. I
0: feel like that'd be a really easy way to die. Like, it's what? on springs. You don't know... Like, there's, there's not, like, you know, a saddle or anything to hold on to. <laughs> You're just freehanding it on this... Giant springing bird that you don't even know can hold your weight.
1: Bareback riding a, a fake bird. Of course. Uh, Whatever. Anyway. So yeah. Clock themed. He jumps. He jumps out on a clock.
0: He's about to steal the jewels when the dynamic duo arrive.
1: Which he's surprised about because he thought they blew up.
0: The clock attacks with. One hand from, oh, he attacks with the hand of the pocket watch, not his one hand.
1: The, the hand of the giant pocket yes. watch, which he pulls off of it. He
0: does. But Batman just straight up kicks a part of the watch, which just makes a bunch of coils tighten, trapping the clock. Mm-hmm. So he's been all this time in prison learning about clock... Maintenance, but he didn't actually learn the important things, like what you have to kick to get trapped in it. <laughs> and we end in prison where the clock is given a cell, which faces a clock so he can watch the rest of his life tick by behind bars. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. There's more puns in, in the panels that we sort of like glossed over that I was like, wow, this is like way, way too many puns for favorite? this comic. What's your favorite? I don't have a favorite. I have no idea. Your last minute on earth you have here.
0: It's a perfectly timed swing. Uh Uh-huh,
1: yeah. It was your wristwatch that helped save us, I I don't know. Yeah, there's just a lot of clock puns and I was getting like overloaded by puns. Yeah,
0: (laughs) too many puns. So a pun villain is who could defeat you.
1: Yes, yeah, definitely. Too many like rapid fire puns is my weakness.
0: Mm. All right, good to know. Uh, So that's it for this comic. Yeah. Let's learn all about the various clocks through history.
1: No, 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 no.
0: Who is the clock master? I
1: do want to talk more about this comic book. That's it for this story. Yes. But there's also, after this comic, we are treated to an advertisement for, I had to look it up. It's uh, Batman number 122. And the story is um, Batman and Batwoman's marriage. And the I really really like because it's it's funny because it's outdated. Uh, the the tagline for this, which is, is a wife's place in, in the home or with her crime fighting husband? Hmm.
0: <laughs> it's a question many women ask themselves. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a it's truly really the the question for their generation.
0: Balancing both is hard, <laughs> but you know what? With a little time management, you can have it all.
1: I think it would be interesting to cover this one, too. This is another Kathy Kane Batwoman story. Mm -hmm. Um, We also, there's a PSA where two kids complain to their mother that she treats the other one better than the other one, Mm. which I don't know what it's really a a public service announcement for other than like, ah, moms just can't win. They can't. Uh, we also have an advertisement to, that you can sell flour and vegetable seeds for the American Seed Company, uh, based in Lancaster, PA, mm. and you can win a live parakeet. Oh. That's, that's one of the prizes that you can win by selling seeds for the American Seed Company.
0: Two thoughts. <laughs> yes. That's irresponsible. Don't uh-huh. give children a live animal as a prize. Um, and second, maybe that's where the clock was hiding, was a place where he was selling flour out of his home.
1: Uh, they probably had a lot of parakeets lying around maybe Ugh. you think they were just like <laughs> maybe they had a flock of wild parakeets that had been eating their uh, vegetable seeds and they were like we gotta get rid of these things they caged them and they were like we'll send them to children who can sell enough of our of our seeds I don't
0: think there's wild parakeets around Lancaster PA <laughs> I don't think that's where they come Not
1: from. Not anymore, because they were all captured by the American Seed Company and dispersed throughout the nation.
0: I got bitten by a parakeet once. Really? In a pet store. Yeah? yeah I was putting my fingers in the bars like a dummy. Wow,
1: well, you shouldn't do that.
0: And uh, it bit me, and I think it, it drew blood. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're nasty. That's
0: my origin story.
1: Uh, There's also another one of the prizes that's advertised is a hunting set. And that comes with a knife and a hatchet. Mm. So the things that they were giving to children as prizes in the late 50s. Just absolutely wild. You'll
0: shoot your eye out.
1: Yeah. Oh, so I wanted to talk about the Secret Origins comic. There was a Secret Origins comic. That was the title of it in 1986. Mm-hmm. And it was Secret Origins number six. It retells this story as well as a few other stories about Batman's origin. Mm-hmm. And uh, this fixes some of the continuity errors and also gives uh, the clock his full name, which is Slugzy Kyle.
0: That's weird. That's weird that Kyle is his last name.
1: Yeah, they call him Kyle in the comic and it's really his last name. Mm-hmm. I guess he's a criminal, you call him by his last name. Maybe I don't know.
0: Maybe uh, Slugsy is his title.
1: In this one, uh, I'm going to do this from memory. In this one, he is. It, ex- it is explained that after he gets captured in the net, he is like bound because the criminal doesn't know what else to do with him. Okay. Uh, and it's also uh, it shows him eating that sandwich in the upstairs of the like. Um...
0: Is the glassworks?
1: Yeah, the glassworks. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the doorway which Batman appears in is like dark and off to the side, mm-hmm. which makes more sense as to why he's able to trick him with the mirror. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing that it fixes is or like adds to the story is that after he catches him, he leaves a note for the police that says, like, I'm the Batman, this is for you, my reign is beginning. Something oh. like that. So that's how, like, they know that it's Batman's first caper. Creepy. Yeah. I
0: still don't understand how he gets that mirror into position.
1: He moves it in, into, he's quiet about it, and he moves it into position. And then, I guess, maybe makes noise, throws a rock, throws his voice. Batman has ventriloquist kind of powers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the 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 Secret Origins comic... Basically gives you more of the history, and I think it's. this is also the comic where it shows that he was raised by his father's brother.
0: Mm-hmm. And also the mother of the man who killed his parents.
1: Uh, I think so. I think that's also in this one, too. That's yeah. wild. It also, so the fact that they retell this story reminds me of an article that I read recently about Superman number 76, uh, which is the first story where Batman and Superman meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that story gets retold in a Batman Superman, uh, it's called Batman Superman Annual Number One, released in 2006, uh, which brings the origin of their meeting into the modern continuity. Uh, if you can let me talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, they get double booked on a cruise ship in the same room.
0: Oh.
1: Ah. <laughs> and then, when there's like a criminal on the cruise ship, both of them try to convince each other to like leave the room so they can go fight the criminal.
0: That's, that's the origin to a lot of fan fictions. That's yeah. the beginning of a lot of fan fictions.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So let's move on to Rogue Roundup about the clock. And also The Clock King. Lay it on me. So, uh, like I mentioned before, The Clock in this comic is only shown in this comic and in that retelling of this story. But there are a number of other characters that went by the name The Clock. There is a Golden Age hero who called himself The Clock, and he was a Quality Comics character. Mm-hmm. Who And Quality Comics was one of the companies that got, like, eaten up by DC. Um... There is a Dr. Fate villain that's called the clock. Mm-hmm. There is a Robin villain called the clock. So Robin fought like a gangster that had an affinity towards clock and clocks and keeping time. Mm-hmm. And that was a story that was in like 47. 47. Uh, to and there was another story that showed him in 49. So over the course of 10 years they just like forgot that they had already named the guy the clock or just didn't care enough to be like this is a different guy or yeah. maybe we should give him a different gimmick.
0: I just, it feels like, you know, Bill Finger, you know, God rest his soul. Great man. Uh-huh. Love a lot of the stuff that he's done. It feels like for some of these Silver Age comics he was like Ugh, what am I gonna make a villain about? And he just kind of looks around his office vault and he's like, the... Oh, okay, sure.
1: Yeah, or he's picking like books about different topics off the library shelf. Maybe. And he's like, oh, I know a lot about clocks now because I read the encyclopedia entry on clocks. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll do a villain on that. They
0: keep time and they hate oranges. <laughs> Here's my script. Uh,
1: and then finally, there's a Superman villain uh, in uh, in a comic in 1959, so the same year that this comic came out, that's also called The Clock. Mm-hmm. And it's the same deal. It's just like a gangster that has an affinity towards like keeping time and clocks. Yeah. Okay. So on to Clock King. So there's a character called Clock King, which again is what you said our listeners probably thought of when they saw the episode title of The Clock. Mm-hmm. This character appears in world's finest number 111 in 1960 so one year after this comic no and he's not
0: the original no
1: he's not the original he's not the the original like i said there's like four other people who existed before him that would call themselves the clock and this guy calls him the clock king (laughs)
0: what if they meant for clock king to be this character's boyfriend and they meant it as in like this is the clock's king but they messed it up in translation.
1: No, I don't think that's I don't think that's what it was. I think
0: potentially, potential origin story.
1: This version of the character, as you mentioned before, is a Green Arrow villain, and his backstory is that his sister is given 6 months to live. He's caring for his sister, she's dying of a terminal illness. He tries to rob a bank by timing the deliveries and knowing, like, when they open the safe up. Mm -hmm. And he would have gotten away with it, but he gets caught because he sets off a silent alarm that he didn't know about. Mm. And the Green Lantern, or sorry, not the Green Lantern, the Green Arrow catches him. Uh, and his sister dies alone because he's in jail. Aw,
0: that's sad.
1: Yeah. So this uh, this character becomes a member of the Injustice League. And later on, he becomes a character in the Suicide Squad. He has, like, an apparent death, but then comes back. And then sort of disappears from continuity for a while. Um in his first appearances, he wears this like Riddler esque green suit, and that has like a clock face where his where his face is. Mm-hmm. Um, in the New Fifty Two, it's the same name for the man, so William Talkman, but he's a black man and he wears a suit, which is completely different than the other William Talkman in like the earlier continuities. Interesting. Um, there's a number of characters who also go by the name Clock King. I don't want to go over them. There's, like, two other guys who also operate and call themselves the Clock King.
0: Do they have, like, Clock and Time-esque names? Uh...
1: Like William
0: Tuckman?
1: I think, yeah, maybe one of them does. One of them has the same look as the Batman the Animated Series version. With the, like, the the, the, the the, Yeah, the glasses glasses that have clocks on them and, like, a suit and a bowler hat. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go over that so in popular media in the 66 television series So this is probably why he shows up in the animated series because mm-hmm. there's a character in the 66 television series Who is called the clock king? He's played by Walter Slezak and this version is closer to the clock that we see in this comic mm-hmm. um, Because he uses clock gimmicks like an hourglass to drown Batman and he tries to steal an atomic clock um, and I think I read, it might be in like the comics that are based on the 66 TV series. He's Jervis Tetch's brother huh. and like helps him out with different heists. okay. Um, but yeah. So I think what happened was in the 66 television series, they liked the screen Arrow villain and they wanted to use him in the, the 66 TV series. So they just kind of like plucked him out and made him sort of similar to this character, okay. The Clock. They made The Clock King similar to The Clock. He shows up in the Arrow and Flash television series. He is played by Robert Knepper. And this version is similar to his comic book origin. This is the one that he like has a sister, dies of an illness, tries to rob a bank. That sort of deal. Yeah. In the DC animated universe, we get a character that's called the Clock King, whose name is Temple Fugate, which is a play on the Latin for time flies.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that.
1: Uh, this is version, like I mentioned, has a different look. He's got glasses that have clock hands on them. Uh, he's got a bowler hat and a suit. And this version has a bad day after he breaks from his schedule because Mayor Hamilton, or f- sorry, future Mayor Hamilton Hill, tells him to like you know break out of your schedule, loosen up. You don't have to be so exacting about things. And when he does. It causes him to miss getting to a court hearing, which, like, snowballs into him going broke. Mm -hmm. So he blames, uh, like, now Mayor Hamilton Hill for this, like, ruining of his life Mm -hmm. and attempts to get back at him. Uh, In a later episode, he has a device that will manipulate time, so he can, like, slow down time.
0: That's wild. Yeah. That's magic.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's interesting in his first appearance, he doesn't have this like future tech, but then he does later on. Um, and I think this kind of technology gets used in the comics as like one of his gimmicks every once in a while, too. Um, this version of him is voiced by Alan Rakins. And that's all I have about the Clock King. Um, is there anything you would like to say about the Clock King?
0: Uh, I like the episode. It's a good one. Go and watch it. Uh, I always like the episodes where you see the villain's origin. It's always something like really sad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I love. He missed a court
1: hearing and now he's broke.
0: I love a children's TV show that makes me sad. (laughs) It's always so good. They just do such a good job with always making you sympathize with the villains. It's so great.
1: Yeah. Well, there was quotes from people saying that like when they were making the show, they wanted to, they, they eventually got to the point where they were trying to see as little of Batman in the Batman television show as possible. Yeah. So they wanted to focus as much as they could on the villains. And I think that that was a great choice because Batman's villains have a lot of pathos to like dive into.
0: That's a good idea. What a great idea for any project, like a podcast, perhaps. <laughs> This is an original idea.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Is, is that the end of the podcast?
0: I think so. Um, moral of the story, don't be late for stuff. And also, if you have some acid and your mortal enemy is close by, maybe you don't have to wait for any kind of symbolic time. Acid works any time of the day. Just ask Harvey Dent. He'll tell you that.
1: Wow. Yeah. Rude.
0: Powerful moral. Rude. Rude. Um, thank you for listening to Batmates. Uh, my name's Becca. That's Josh. We didn't say this at the beginning, but we're a, an engaged couple, and we like Batman.
1: If you want to reach out to us, give us comments, feedback, you can go to batmatespodcast at gmail.com. Sorry, send an email to Podcast at gmail.com.
0: You can also follow us on Twitter at Batmates, and we will see you next time.
1: Goodbye, everybody.
0: Bye.